The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. On the phone right now, we love it when we get to have this guy on with us, Dr. Bob Denton. Happy New Year, Dr. Bob. Oh, Happy New Year indeed. Um, uh, Let's try to stay optimistic and hopeful for 2024. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've got this Virginia legislative process beginning today at noon, and there is a lot on the table. We just addressed a couple of the things, prescription drugs and the skills game, uh, which seemed to be one of the two things, or at least two of the things that, that sort of rose to the top. But these aren't necessarily the big ticket items, are they? Well, I tell you, I mean, from a 30,000-foot view, I think this is going to be a really a, a, a chaotic and partisan and ideological session for several reasons. I mean, first of all, look at the turnover. A third of the House, 40% of the Senate. you got a group of new people who don't have relationships, who haven't been the legislative process. It's a generational change. These people are more partisan, ideological, younger. There's more women, people of color. Of course, the Democrats control both houses. They're not motivated to, quote, compromise per se. The new folks are going to try to do good in terms of their campaign promises. And so also all of that within, hey, the, the forecast, revenue forecasts are tentative and projected to be less than the last two years. So I think it's going to be um, a very ideological, partisan, difficult session. Um, you're going to see all types of legislation having to do with abortions and guns and taxes and and cannabis. I mean, you could already go on the legislative site and see how technical some of these bills are going to be introduced. The question is, how many will get to the floor? And, of course, the governor has his veto pen, but he certainly was hoping for his legacy budget. So there's a lot at stake, and I think it's going to be a rather chaotic session. Sounds like the uh, <laughs> sounds like national politics in, in many ways. Uh, so the, the cannabis stuff... Is this a tweak on what Governor Northam did on the way out the door to try to get it more, um, you know, readily available, take some of those things and dial them back a little bit? What, what Do you know what what area they want to move in the cannabis area? Not that I'm interested. Well, <laughs> well the, the, the problem with what happened under Northam is says, okay, we can have it make it legal for personal use with certain very broad parameters, but it didn't really address the retail. Mm-hmm. Um, how much can you have? Is there such a thing as uh, safety in terms of driving and those kinds of things? It was just not regulated. Right. It was permissible, but what are the rules of regulation? And quite frankly, the Yonkin administration last term really didn't want to delve too much into that, but it really does need to be addressed. What is the economic and the retail aspects of this rather than going in and buying a T-shirt and then you can get, uh, you know, some some cannabis. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, just what is legal, what is not legal. So it's pretty much trying to really address and and set up the marketplace. And that big decisions, you can see now some bills submitted um, by Democrats and Republicans about, okay, what is it in terms of too much in terms of – under the influence for driving. And those numbers can differ a great deal among the various bills. So there's some consequential things around cannabis. But the main thing is set it up for retail in the marketplace. What's the regulations? So the story of Thomas Edison when the battery factory blew up, 
He told his wife, get your friends, get our relatives. They'll never see a fire like they will see tonight. And when everything was still smoldering, they say Edison took out a piece of paper and started drawing uh, a design for the new building, the new way they would do batteries, so on and so forth. In other words, here was a man that took a loss and said, okay, we're going to build on this. Does Governor Yunkin have that uh, constitution to him to say, okay, I got dealt this hand. I'm going to make it work. Do you, do you think he's learned enough in the first couple of years of his uh, governorship to say, okay, we're moving forward whether I have a Republican House and Senate or not? And what, what's, what do you think's inside of him, Dr. Bob? Well, listen, I, I've made it very clear, um, and it's not partisan. It's about the individual, that he's highly smart, uh, extremely smart, very confident, he has his business background. He absolutely is very optimistic and very positive uh, individual. And each and every day, uh, his focus is in terms of Virginia. So I think he, in my perception, is certainly going to try to, quote, compromise, be open. There's some things that, that he will veto. I think he will probably, just because of the nature of the new folks, I think he's going to probably veto more legislation among the top of the uh, recent governors. I think mm -hmm. he's going to have to. Um, I think he certainly will and willing to reach out. And I think, um, look, both parties are going to address the core issues, education, transportation, health care, mental health, and all of that. But the devil's in the details. Yeah. And it's difference between Democrats and Republicans. So it's going to be tough for Republicans. It's going to be tough for Yunkin. But I think that there, that he will certainly be focused um, but I think overall, um, it's going to be a difficult uh, session in terms of compromise. And I'm not optimistic they'll be done in time. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but it's going to be um, because there's such a learning curve for so many of the new mm -hmm. folks. Yeah, some of them are going to come out of that session sort of shell-shocked, aren't they? Yes, I think, you, I think a lot of the legislation that you'll see is going to be that is submitted is primarily symbolic. Uh, to both the extremes of the left and the right. The critical thing is, uh, are the committees going to be proportional or not in terms of the House? If it's proportional or not, the committees would have eight Democrats, seven Republicans, rather than the majority saying, no, it's going to be 12 to 3 or such stuff as that. It's been done by both parties, Democrats and Republicans. Mm -hmm. But if you see, there are going to be things that go to into committee. The key is what comes out of committee to the floor. That's going to be um, key. And if it's more proportional, I think there would be less controversy. But we will know later today whether proportionality will be the rule. That's one of the most critical things. And we'll know by 5 o'clock today how these committees are going to be made, especially in terms of the House. And so that's going to be a, a predictive. But there's so much of that legislation is really symbolic. And the key is what will reach the floor. Yeah. And then in terms of the negotiations behind those set of bills as we head towards spring. So would you uh, um, would you agree with this listener who just texted in? He wanted to catch you while you were on. He thinks Governor Yunkin's strengths are his economic development. He w may win some and lose some on other issues, but he thinks he can uh, score pretty big with uh, bringing in new business to the state of Virginia. What are your thoughts there? Well, he certainly <clears throat> can. Um, now, it's interesting from our part of the Commonwealth, do we really want an arena? Do we care about the commanders? I mean, you know, there's kind of interesting kind of notions right. there. But, yes, 
economic development, and I will tell you the second thing, I think, in terms of mental health, and I think the third thing is in terms of education. I think those are the three areas that I think he's had significant impact, Mm -hmm. whether some people realize it or not. It's not just about funding, but it's also about um, enhancing in terms of um, other alternatives in terms of school choice and what have you. His mental health efforts um, are historic in terms of both the programs and the funding. So I think absolutely economic development. He's very sensitive in terms of Virginia relative to North Carolina, South Carolina, even to the point of look how he's talking about the sales tax and mm-hmm. talking about those kinds of things that is innovative, and he's making good arguments. Yeah. I'm not sure this legislative session will allow him that. But I would agree with that uh, individual, economic development, I think education, and I think mental health um, uh, care is uh, among his three strongest areas thus far. Just a couple more minutes with you. Let's switch gears just to the national because the (laughs) Iowa caucuses are upon us. They say that Ron DeSantis visited all 99 counties. Uh, 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 Swami... um, Vivek, Vivek, Vivek. Um, uh, Ramaswamy has visited some of those places up to three times. They said he made 199 appearances. Trump hasn't done a whole lot, but he's ahead 30-some points, too. Now, he does his town hall with Fox tonight. Uh, I don't know what's going to come of that. But you've got CNN hosting, apparently, Nikki Haley and uh, Rick DeSantis tonight as well. Tell us how you see the caucuses shaking out. Well, it's very interesting. I mean, right now, um, this is uh, about expectations. Uh, you got momentum versus mechanics. DeSantis has been there. He hit the counties. He has the mechanics. Who has momentum? Nikki Haley. I'll tell you, it's going to some and come down to this. Trump, if he gets less than 50%, that's a headline. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley, does she get 20 to 25%? That's a headline right there. DeSantis, if he comes in more of a distance third, if he doesn't break 15%, he might as well pack his bags yeah. and some would say go. But New Hampshire then. So it's interesting in terms of Iowa about expectations. Then comes New Hampshire. That's a different thing altogether. With Trump now, Haley within single digits, that's going to be very uh, interesting. And so turnout's going to be critical and key. The higher the turnout, better Trump will do. Mm-hmm. They say the weather may not be all that great. But the real key is momentum versus mechanics. Right now it's about momentum. Trump really needs to be over 50%, um, or he's going to have some interesting headlines. Nikki Haley, if she breaks that 20 to 25% going into New Hampshire, then I think you may be seeing a little bit of a game changer and the media environment Mm-hmm. Especially after yesterday is not all that kind of Trump. Right. I think you're going to see a drip, drip, drip more of this legal kinds of stuff in the more media portrayal. Like they said, well, he could assassinate one and would have immunity. I mean, that's ludicrous, but my golly, that's what you're hearing echoing and echoing. So we're within an interesting three months or so, then comes South Carolina. Yeah. And Nikki Haley was governor there. How well can she, let's just say she does moderately well, because they say she's put a lot of eggs in the uh, New Hampshire basket, but she's also done okay in Iowa because she's got the money from the, it's not the Koch brothers anymore, it's the Koch organization uh, where they've uh, decided to help fund her campaign. So she does have some money behind her, but how, 
How well yeah, but, does she, but does like she do? Vivek's using that against her. Well, I saying, know. Oh, she's I know. establishment. But I don't. I think Vivek, and I saw his argument against her, saying she's taken the big money and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. And she didn't say a word. She just took it. And I think, in my mind, Nikki Haley's thinking that's just Vivek because he hates me because of the caste system in India and all that. And and, and, and you know, I I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like there's a real hate there. But how good do you think she can do in South Carolina, where she was a popular governor? Well, that is a very big question. You see a bifurcation in, in South Carolina right now. It's still in playable, can be playable. But here's the thing. People in South Carolina, they like Nikki Haley. They like her. Mm-hmm. They prefer Trump. Right. See, there's, a, there's a distinction mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. They really do like her, but they prefer Trump. But I think that there is support that's a little bit more soft. And so... There is an opportunity there uh, in terms of South Carolina, but no mistake about it right now, um, Trump would probably uh, win that. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, uh, we're seeing now, we're going to start seeing some more of the tea leaves, and now it's about momentum Mm -hmm. and trends. Right. Um, And that's uh, the next two to three weeks window. That's what's going to be very critical. I wonder, and and I think I probably know the answer to this already, but do you think the time will ever come that Trump would would put on his big girl pants and say, you know what, this isn't what's right for the country. I'm going to, you know, support someone else. I'm going to come alongside them and help them. Do you think that's even within the realm of possibility? Well... Um, I'm not a betting person, but um, I, no, because he, he, he's the answer mm. in his mind. Mm. He's the answer, of course. Mm. I, I just don't think. And 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 look, I'm going to put Biden in the same category. Everything you see, <laughs> Biden still says, "No, I'm the one." Oh, it yeah. would be better for the nation. Uh, will I be able to complete a second? I mean, all the most obvious things in the world, mm. and he even ignores them. We've got two of them. That is. These two alternatives Jeez. that sixty to seventy people percent of the people do not want, yeah. right? They don't see it beyond themselves. Mm. Well, they, thank they you, as usual, for helping us muddle through some of this craziness out there, which is our election cycle this go around. Doctor Bob Denton with us. If you missed any of the interview, we'll have it uploaded on our SoundCloud page and Spotify and Google and Apple and iHeart. Doctor Bob. Happy New Year to you once again. We appreciate you so much. It's always fun and kind, and thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. All righty. It's 821 here on The Morning Jam. Jen and I will have some uh, stories for you, some fun things to uh, talk about as well. If you'd like to comment on any of this, text us 434-248-0704 or call 866-916-3776. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. 